Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. I'm Dr. Brianne Schoen-Brown, and I am joined today by Tara Posthumus and Claire Trainer, owners of CrossFit Blade, along with Chris Trainer. Today, I wanted to discuss with them the difference between owning a box as a CrossFit athlete and running a box as a hobby as well as getting into their strategies on scaling and modifying their athletes, both for decreasing the risk of injury as well as for those injured athletes and how they really get their athletes on board with that scaling and modifying practice. I think regardless if you are an athlete, if you are a box owner or have aspirations of owning a box, you can get a lot out of this episode. So let's get started. Tara and Claire, thanks for joining me today. All right, so first off, you guys both grew up as um, athletes. How did you guys get into CrossFit in general? Um, I, I got into CrossFit. My husband and I were uh, just doing bodybuilding and figure competitions. So I played soccer growing up and then finished soccer. Didn't know what to do, so I tried marathon running and I just didn't love it. And then I found my husband actually doing a figure competition. Uh, we did that for a while and then his brother actually told us to watch um, the games online or on TV. So we watched it and we we're like, we can totally do that. So we ended up trying a CrossFit workout in our garage and it just like destroyed us. We were really bad at it and realized that what we were doing wasn't really getting us as fit as possible. So from that day forward, we just completely changed our training and have done CrossFit ever since. Awesome. Um, and for me, it started out, uh, I went to a personal trainer and he ended up getting his level one. Um, and. He he first took me through Fight Gone Bad, and that was when I realized that I was definitely not as fit as I thought I was as well. Um, I stayed with him for a while longer, and then you know he ended up getting out of the business, and so I was a little lost and wasn't feeling like Mountainside was cutting it. So I decided to uh, look at nearby gyms, and Chris and Claire just started CrossFit Blade shortly before I came in and uh, showed up to my first workout. We still joke to this day, like I think I thought I was fitter than I was. And Claire was like, she, she's not even gonna chin over the bar on those pull-ups, you know? <laughs> so, um, but it was awesome, because it totally humbled me. And I was like, all right, this is what I want to do. And so, yeah. Cool. So how long from starting CrossFit to um, between then and being a coach? Um, well, for me, I guess it was, I started shortly after I had my first baby. So it was um, less than six months, I think, from the time I started to when I got my level one. And then I interned with uh, Chris uh, right after I got my level one. And yeah, so it was probably about six months-ish. Okay, awesome. I was longer, so I, I was a trainer before, but not CrossFit certified, so... Chris got it right away so that we could get our affiliation going and um, he was interning at that time at another gym and then I think I probably got mine after starting CrossFit I probably got it a year and a half once I actually once we opened the gym and we needed a coach then I got it <laughs> <laughs> good reason yeah so what 
as a owner of a CrossFit gym, how is that, from just being an athlete to being an owner, what are the different kind of stresses and struggles that you guys deal with being the owner versus just working out? I know that's a loaded question. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Claire can probably speak to that more because for me, CrossFit is a lot more being fit for life. Like, I, I'll do, like, you know, a local competition maybe once a year, twice a year at most, but Claire's really competed at a high level and also been the owner, been an owner of a gym. So, um, you know, I think at different times in our life, like, for different reasons, we just have to depend on each other a lot, you know, but she can probably speak more to her balance at certain times of the year, having to try to train a lot versus, you know, working. Yeah, I mean, it is different, but, like, watching Tara manage what she manages and still be an athlete because she never just does the workout and not want to get better like you know you always are trying to get better so trying to find balance and watching her try to find balance is it's hard and thankfully like Chris and Tara have been more than supportive when it's my time to like do regionals or the open like they really do make it so that I can train um when we first started, I think the first year I went to regionals, um, I didn't coach like very much at all because it. we actually had the um, last regional, so I had like it's way too long to train. And thankfully we did because I wasn't good at anything that was at regionals. So I had to spend two and a half months trying to get good at these things that, you know, I had no idea. And so luckily I didn't coach that much. Um, then I worked a full-time job before I was full-time here, so I would work on the weekends, and I spent the week training. And then after that, when I started here full-time and quit that job, uh, I coached a lot more, but anytime it was like uh, open season or regionals, like they'll pick up classes for me when I need to just train, and they've always been good about that, but I always feel terrible doing that, and so as soon as it's over, I like try to get you know give as much as I can back but um it is hard like I say they cover my classes so I can train I really don't get to train that much you know it's like two hours and that is a long time for a lot of people but not when your goal is to try to go to the games like you need hours and you need it every day and it includes like sleep your nutrition recovery and you just don't get that so it's like show up warm up do your workout, quick cool down, and then you either go sit in the office and get to work or you go coach. So it it's a really hard balance, but, you know, for me, like getting to regionals is the goal and I want to perform well. So, like, that's – I'm happy with it. I'm realistic for what my expectations should be when I get there based on what I do prior mm -hmm. to going to regionals. So, um, yeah, it's different now. But, like, local competition, stuff like that, nothing changes. You know, we can go to a local comp doing a one-hour-a-day CrossFit class and be completely prepared. So, um, yeah, it's a little different depending on the level of the competition. Now, being a box owner, I know a lot of people get into it thinking, I love CrossFit, this is just going to be fun to do. How do you separate it from, or how, like, what's been kind of your strategy to really make it a business versus just kind of a hobby that they get into? I'll let Tara do that one. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, yes, it is a business and you have to look at it that way. And I think that is a mistake that there are quite a few that make that mistake. But 
for us, you know, our mission statement is clear. People are our priority, fitness is our method. And so everything we do, we always ask ourselves that. So sometimes that doesn't mean making the best business decision. However, if in the long run it's going to be better for the people, it will be better for the business. So, um, yeah, like we, it's it's not a situation where we just coach whatever. We have people with responsibilities. Like before I left here, I was just building out my one of my coaches' review forms and all that kind of stuff. And we do we run it like you know any other business would run a business. We aren't just show up, figure out what the workout is. You know, and we all have our our roles. Like we don't really cross over a ton, so it works really well. And that's what like. A, tr a good partnership needs to have that like my job and I know that is the business side of things so I don't go to Chris and be like hey I don't know about what you programmed today like is that a good idea like that's his realm and I trust him 100% and you know he does the same with me and Claire she manages she's like the front um, where she manages all the events all of our you know we we do a ton of community things at our gym um, because that's what really makes your business thrive. So she does all the anniversary parties, Christmas parties, the cactus game shoes, you know, like any sort of event that way. And so I just play a small support role for her on that and that's her thing. And then there's certain things with me that I'm like, hey, on the business side, she plays a support role for me. So we're just really like balanced um, that way and that's how we run our business. Awesome. So let's get into, uh, I know you guys don't do the programming, but as a coach, we know scaling and modifying is so important for um, someone who's injured in order to reduce the risk of injury for a newer athlete. Uh, let's go into just the overall scaling for a new athlete or someone who, you know, we all have those athletes that come into the gym thinking they can lift 500 pounds when they can lift 100 pounds <laughs> you know how do you what's kind of your strategy or method for dealing with some of those people on really getting them to back down for their own safety I mean I think it starts with our onboarding process like you go into a lot of places and it's like jump into class there you go you know and for us like you know Chris has a specific laid out process for um, onboarding a new athlete so prior to ever we know what prior to them to them getting into class we know what they can are capable of and our coaches that whoever does their one-on-one -on -one sessions because they do three one-on-one -on -one sessions at our gym um they report to all the coaches like hey i just finished the sessions with this person they have you know a hip replacement and a bad knee this is what we did on the squatting you know whatever and so before they ever enter class like we all have kind of a handle of what to expect um and then, Claire, you can kind of go into, like, in class, how we coach them through that and stuff. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, for the most part, when if they come through our system, they're generally um, open to any suggestions the coaches give. And they're coachable, and, you know, we, like, emphasize, like, we always want to make sure that the movement is good before we add any kind of load. And for the most part, I would say that our athletes are very – um, good about that the probably the harder part is if we get athletes that aren't uh, that don't come through our system maybe they moved here from another gym or or whatever it is and they're not used to our system I think that we've found that's probably the hardest because um, if they came from a gym that didn't emphasize technique 
um, and safety, that can be really hard. We've actually had someone leave before because they were so unsafe and we wouldn't let them do something. And just us saying you can't do that movement anymore in here, they didn't want to be a member of the gym, but we weren't really willing to risk their safety for them to just do something, you know, like it just, it's not worth it to us because for 99.99% of our gym, the whole goal of CrossFit Blade is that they get a good workout and that they have longevity in their life, not that they become a games competitor. And so, um, you know, we always watch movement. If someone has an injury or something going on, we encourage them to come to the gym. We don't tell them to stay home. Um, we want them to come in and, and move and let us do whatever movement allows them pain-free motion and get some kind of workout in so that they don't turn it into, I'm going to sit at home until this is better and then lose all their progress and kind of slow down their process of healing. So we do encourage that as well. Um, but yeah, I'd, we are pretty blessed that the people will listen to the coaches and scale back. And usually if they don't listen, they don't last Be, just because they'll see everyone else scaling back. And if they're not willing to do it, um, they'll either get themselves hurt or they just won't like us telling them over and over again that they can't do something yet. So um, they tend to weed themselves out. That makes sense. And I can see that struggle being people coming to the gym. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we went under new ownership at Majestic about a year and a half ago, and he came in and completely changed our mindset and you know developed that elements class and got us all, to, everyone in the mindset to scale down. But there's always that handful of people who don't want to, who fight every time on it, who you know go heavier than they should. And uh, we scold them every time they do that. But uh, so I can definitely see it being the ones that come from somewhere else who haven't gone through your system. Right. Have yeah. those issues. I'm not saying everyone's perfect. They're still the stubborn. But they usually will learn because something happens. Mm -hmm. You know, they're aching the next day or something didn't feel good or they didn't do, you know, they didn't feel the way the workout was supposed to feel. And Chris does a good job of saying, like, this is how this workout is supposed to feel. This is the time to me and I want it done. And, and if it doesn't happen, it's like, well, we don't need to tell them that. The workout told them that. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, you should have backed off, you yeah. know. So, um, yeah, that happens too. <laughs> <laughs> and from a coaching standpoint, like we have uh, coaches meeting every other week, so we're not the, we're in contact with our coaches all the time, not just through Facebook and sending messages, but you know, we it's see something, say something, and you know, if we see each other not saying something at the coaches meetings, it gets brought up. Like that's something that you know, it's. It can be intimidating sometimes when you know somebody doesn't want to listen to you to keep hounding something, hounding something, but it's just the way we do it. it see something, say something, mm -hmm. you know? Awesome. So someone coming back from injury, um, you know, even maybe a surgery and just kind of coming back in, how do you get them ramped back up to, to potential? Do you work really closely with the therapist? Do you just kind of see how the athlete feels and progresses? I mean, I guess that's always the first question is, uh, what does your doctor say? Are you going through physical therapy? What do they say? You know, and you work off of first that direction because they're the professionals, you know. And so then from there, um, you know, we'll usually end up like not avoiding. It depends on what, you know, what area and what the severity of the injury was or whatever. But we don't always just 
okay, what, your shoulder hurts, let's just not ever use your shoulder. It's like, okay, well, maybe we need to do crossover symmetry. Maybe you're not gonna be doing heavy jerks today, but, you know, like, let's do some crossover symmetry. Let's do some bodybuilding. Dumbbells are one of the greatest things that CrossFit added to the Open a few years ago, you know, because the, they're very good for getting, you know, strength back in certain areas, so. Do you guys do much either programming wise or encouraging wise doing accessory work, mobility work, that sort of thing for the athletes? Yeah, one of the things that we changed this year, so my husband Chris is, I mean, we're really biased, but he's incredible. Like he's an incredible programmer and he always has been. Um, but one of the things that we did, and this was a huge change, and we kind of, we all talked about it and kind of voted on it if we wanted to make the changes we used to do a lot more periodization for strength training and it was great we had great results and um, it worked for us but one thing you know we've had members with us for six years now and it's been amazing but we also are all getting older and so getting that one rep max heavy lift at the end of a series is is great but it's not always the goal compared to some of the other stuff and staying really healthy and feeling good so one of the things that we changed because people don't do the mobility when your class is a full hour long and we say hey do this mobility do this you know prehab it doesn't happen so we decided to change our programming so that we turn the class to include a really good warm-up that either will have some kind of bodybuilding in it some kind of prehab to get their joints warm and ready and then allow time at the end to do a cool down and he'll usually put a cool down in there and say exactly what to do make sure they get on the bike depending on how long the workout is and it's been amazing like the people are still hitting prs without having you know a series to follow and they're getting fitter they're getting faster it's been probably the best change we've ever made and people are feeling better because they're getting a great warm-up and a great cool-down. Um, and then he also programs a lot of bodybuilding and stuff for the competitors, which other people that may not be doing a competition, they'll still do it just because it's good for them. Mm -hmm. And that has helped a lot, um, I think, for quite a few people. I'd say with the biggest thing with, like, shoulders is crossover symmetry is, like, our number one. Like, if you're not doing that, start doing it. It takes two minutes and... Mm -hmm they get on it and that's been a huge help to them and just introducing them to some of these different warm-ups they can do on their own and now people actually do it before they come in so that was that was a really positive change I'd say we added this year was just making it so that we'd say this is what you're doing we're going to do it as a class instead of hey it's on the board make sure you do this because that it just doesn't happen yeah so yeah that's awesome because that's the one thing it's you know I not that I hate social media or Instagram by any means, but you see the elite level athletes posting all their amazing workouts and you don't see that behind the scenes stuff. And so, so many athletes don't realize I have to do this in order to, you know, to perform. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you guys are programming it and just kind of forcing people to do it. Right, yeah, it's been good. Awesome. Uh, so just to kind of close it out, any kind of just for someone who is considering opening a box or becoming a coach just any kind of tips for them for that you um being either an owner or a coach that you have for them for dealing with athletes i'll talk about the coach if you want to talk about the owner um i guess tips for ownership um 
you know, it's hard because in the beginning, usually you are the coach and the owner, but trying to fill that role of somebody, either if you know you're not great at business, like find somebody that is, or if you know, you're pretty good at business and maybe not as great at coaching, find somebody that is. And really, like, you can only do it yourself for so long. So um, finding somebody and being able to be honest with yourself of what your strengths are and building a team that's going to, you know, fill in the gaps. So, Yeah, that's good. Uh, for the coach, I mean, that's, like, where the passion comes in. If you don't have passion for for CrossFit, then you should not – be a coach if you don't have passion for people you should not be a coach because you have to have both if you can't have a good rapport with your people no matter how good of a coach you are you will not get them to do what you want them to do but if they trust you and you know you can you know Chris always tells us in our meetings like I want you to have a relationship with with the members so that you can walk up to them and you can know their kids names and their birthdays and just like know everything about them because then those people will trust what you say. And that's how they get them to the next level. When they're afraid to go up and wait when they can, if they trust you, they'll do it. But if they don't trust you, then you're always going to be kind of pulling on teeth. And so having passion for the, the sport of CrossFit and having passion for people is crucial because it doesn't matter how much education you have if you don't have those things. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for your time today. I really yeah. appreciate you yeah. talking to me. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. Show notes can be found at highlyfunctional.org. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate if you would go on to iTunes and give me a five-star rating and review, as well as share this on social media with all your friends and followers. Until next time, go out and be highly functional.